Do you have a sponsor? Do you sponsor others in the program? How has your sponsor supported your recovery? How has being a sponsor supported and enriched your recovery? Welcome to episode 140 of The Recovery Show. Today, we will share two prompts about sponsorship and then ask you to contribute your own thoughts for an upcoming episode on sponsorship. This episode is brought to you by Lucy and Lauren. They use the donation button on our website. Thank you, Lucy and Lauren, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this share, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. Joining me virtually is co-host Karen. A couple of weeks ago, Karen sent me a lead that she had written about sponsorship that she intended to open a meeting with. I asked her if she'd be willing to record it so I could share it on the show. The next day, I received this recording in my inbox. Thank you, Karen, for your openness and generosity in sharing this. Hi, I'm Karen. Today's topic is sponsorship. I want to start with an extract from the January 2016 Forum magazine. It's on page 12, and the title is Be Careful What You Ask For. One night in an Al-Anon meeting, I became irritated by a particular woman who was sharing. There was something about her speech patterns that always bothered me. She was loud. She spoke haltingly. Her shrill voice grated on my nerves. During the closing prayer, she was out of sync with everyone else. I began to criticize her even more in my mind. Suddenly, I realized that I was doing this during the prayer. Horrified at my own attitude, I quickly said a prayer of my own. God, please help me see her as you do. Not two minutes later, she approached me and asked me to be her sponsor. I almost laughed out loud at God's sense of humor. By working with this person, I learned about what unconditional love really is. And my higher power chipped away a bit more at my defect of being judgmental. Now for a bit of my story. I found Al-Anon in April 2014 and started attending meetings on a regular basis. I always felt better after a meeting, but was struggling with how to apply the program to my life. I was living with advanced active alcoholism, and my every action or decision seemed like a life-or-death matter. In Al-Anon, I heard that I didn't cause the alcoholism, couldn't control it, and couldn't cure it. I heard that the alcoholic's actions were not my responsibility and to stay in my hula hoop. But I was afraid. I lived in constant dread of the future and could not imagine any good outcome. I don't know how long it would have taken me to ask someone to sponsor me. When I came to Al-Anon, I was not worthy to impose on someone else's time. I felt like whoever I asked to sponsor me would want to say no. Now I know that God uses sponsorship to help both people. It's okay to ask, and it's okay if they say no. 
I can ask someone else. My home group Al-Anon meeting was a small meeting. We always went around the table and everyone shared. After a couple of months of this, someone said, Honey, you need a sponsor. I'm going to have someone call you. And this woman had one of her sponsees call me the next day. So over the phone, sight unseen, this poor total stranger became my temporary sponsor. I think she was almost as nervous as I was. I didn't know that she would hang up for me sometimes and call her sponsor to find out what to do next. But it didn't matter. It helped. My new sponsor helped me begin to apply Alan onto my life. She encouraged me to attend three meetings a week if possible. I would call her when I didn't know what to do, and we would talk through my options. She reminded me that I always have choices. We talked about the Al-Anon slogans. The Blue Book, How Al-Anon Works, has a great section about the slogans. My sponsor also sent me to the indexes in the back of our daily readers one day at a time, Courage to Change and Hope for Today, to find readings about specific topics like detachment. My sponsor helped me understand what detaching with love looks like, how to establish my boundaries around drinking, and how to communicate them in a loving way. She taught me the tool of having a plan B. Often, we actually rehearsed the words I would say to my husband. Whenever I felt like a failure, she said, You're human. She loved me unconditionally, and she did not judge me. This all happened pretty quickly. It was like having an Al-Anon coach. At meetings, I now felt like I belonged. I was working my program, even though my sponsor and I rarely attend the same meeting. Soon I felt better, and my life felt more manageable. I now had hope that I would be okay whether my alcoholic stopped drinking or not. My sponsor never told me what to do. She simply listened and shared her experience, strength, and hope. We started work on the steps right away, using the TAN Paths to Recovery book. At first, we just read aloud to each other from the book over the phone and then talked about the paragraphs we had just read. It was an easy way to get started on the steps with a total stranger. She gave me homework assignments, and I willingly did everything she asked me to do because I wanted to get better. Even though most of our work has been on the phone or by email, our sponsor-sponsee relationship has worked. I can talk with my sponsor about things that are not appropriate for a meeting. I can talk about religion with her. We can go into detail about my problems or concerns. We can talk about books and recovery resources that are not Al-Anon conference-approved literature. Today, I am so much better. I have joy, and most days I experience serenity. Until I had a sponsor and worked the steps, I had no recovery. About seven months after I got a sponsor, my husband responded to a crisis by getting help for himself. He has now been sober for about a year, and his recovery is his business, not mine. I no longer rescue or intervene, although I will admit I sometimes struggle to not monitor his recovery program.
I still have the same temporary sponsor today, and I am very grateful for her. There is no such thing as a perfect sponsor. But God uses my relationship with my sponsor to teach me. For example, if my sponsor is unavailable to me for several days, I cannot take it personally, Q-tip, quit taking it personally, and reach out to another Al-Anon member, or I can even pray. I read my daily readers or other literature. Today, if my sponsor is unavailable, I consider it to be part of my higher power's plan that I not speak with her right now. I don't compare my sponsor to other people's sponsors. If God wants me to have a different sponsor, he can arrange it. As long as I have a sponsor who has a sponsor and is working her program, our relationship can help me grow in my recovery. In closing, I want to read an extract from Hope for Today about sponsorship. It's from page, uh, it's from November 24th. If I want what you have, I need to become willing to do what you have done. This is the central tenet of Al-Anon's practice of sponsorship. Today, I am blessed to have a sponsor and to be a sponsor for others. I am one link in a great chain of people helping people. Having once felt incredibly alone and isolated, I'm now connected once again with humanity. The roles of sponsor and sponsee have taught me so much about normal, loving human relationships. I have learned how to practice unconditional love and emotional detachment, how to set healthy boundaries, how to care for people without taking care of them, and how to let others get close to me without losing myself. Sponsorship works when people love themselves enough to ask for help and when others love themselves enough to say yes. Thanks. I'm Karen. Thank you, Karen. Karen shared about her experience being sponsored, and I thought I might provide balance or contrast with some thoughts on my experience of being a sponsor. And in my time in the program, I have sponsored both men and women, although we're often recommended that we sponsor only members of our same gender. Um, You know, I never sought out women to sponsor, but I have been asked and it has worked for me and, and the people I sponsored. I guess that's all I can really say in that regard. I think people are people and, you know, I keep pretty strong boundaries with all of my sponsees and hasn't been a problem. Your mileage may differ as they say. And, you know, the first time somebody asked me to be a sponsor, I didn't think I was ready. I had been working some of the steps. I had a sponsor, but you know, what did I know that could help somebody else? How could I, I help somebody else with their problems? But I said yes, because I was told when the program asks you say yes. And I did talk to my sponsor, and, and I guess my sponsor thought I was ready. So there you go. I try to do my best for, for this sponsee, which consisted mostly of listening, uh, trying to remember maybe a slogan, a step, a principle that might apply to whatever problems uh, were being expressed. With this person, uh, we never got to steps. Um, they, They stopped calling after a while. I stopped seeing them in meetings. Don't really know what happened, but uh, they moved on in some way. Over the, over the years that I've been in the program, you know, I have been asked by some people to be a sponsor 
And then there are the, the guys that I came up to after a meeting and would say something like, Hey, here's my phone number. Give me a call. Or I think one guy, I actually went up to him and said, you know, from your share today, it, it sounds like you need a sponsor. And he said, yeah, I do. And will you be it? And well, what could I say? You know, <laughs> I had sort of offered already. One of the things I learned from them, and I am saying this with a smile, uh, is to be careful what I offer because uh, I might get taken up on it. I remember the first sponsor that shared their fifth step with me and what an amazing experience that was that somebody trusted me that much to, to share all of their life with me, at least as far as I knew, uh, to share the good and the bad, to share the things that they weren't so proud of that they needed to move on from. When I knew this was going to happen, I went to my sponsor and I said, ah, I'm about to take somebody's fifth step. I don't know what to do. And my sponsor said, just listen, be accepting. That's all you really need to do. And maybe pray to your higher power for, for help and support. So, you know, it turned out great. It turned out just fine. My fears, whatever those fears were, I don't think I even knew what I was afraid of. I was just afraid that I was going to screw it up. Didn't happen. You know, that gave me confidence for the next time. When a guy said, hey, will you be my sponsor? Because my sponsor just moved away and I need somebody to do my fifth step with. I'm like, oh, we're going to start at step five. This is so wonderful. Which, by the way, if, if you're new in the program, step five is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs, which sounds like it's pretty scary. But in, in my experience, it's been pretty amazing. Um, you know, and that guy that, that said, hey, um, I want you to be my sponsor and, and let's do my fifth step in our first meeting um, is still still an active sponsee. Uh, we worked through the rest of the 12 steps and we're now starting to look at the traditions and how we use the traditions in, in our lives to improve our relationships with other people. Being a sponsor has taught me a lot. I was reflecting on that tonight as I was meeting with a sponsee that when a sponsee is trying to understand a principle of the program, is trying to understand a step and and comes to me for some sort of guidance, for some sort of you know, voice that's not theirs and challenges me to expand my understanding of that step or that principle to try to relate to that person, where they're coming from, where they're at right now. That so enhances my own recovery. I remember a sponsee some years back who had come to me as, as we say, a double winner, uh, started out in, in another program, and then came to al when a loved one of his was struggling with uh, drugs and alcohol. And and he thought he ought to be able to, to fix this friend. And, you know, that wasn't working for him. So we started with the steps. We started with powerlessness and we moved on to higher power. And when we got to step three, I said to him, so, you know, you've done step three in your other program. Don't you trust your higher power to take care of you? 
And he said, yeah, I trust my higher power to take care of me, but I, I don't trust God to take care of my loved one. And I said, well, there we are. This is where, this is where we need to work. This is the work that, that you need to do in, in the Al-Anon program to really work step three in this program is to discover how you can trust God to take care of your loved one. You can trust the care of your loved one's life and will to their own higher power and not to yours, not to you. Step three has been, seems to have been a stumbling block for a number of my sponsees, which, uh, you know, challenges me to understand my own work on step three more deeply. So listening, how to share my experience without giving advice, without trying to fix, that's been a challenge at times. And at other times I can say, wow, I really have no experience with that situation. I, I hear you, I feel with you, and let's explore together how we might be able to use the program to help you get through this, to help you find some serenity and happiness in the midst of, of this turmoil, which might be alcoholic, it might be not alcoholic. Been starting over with the steps with one of my sponsees to address a, a different problem something that has been making that person's life unmanageable. We started back at step one. You know, this is something that I learned from listening to other people in the program, from listening to, you know, my own sponsor who would say, well, why don't you work the steps on that problem? I would say, I don't know what that means. And, you know, through that experience coming to understand that and now finding myself passing it on, you know it's interesting. Uh, I've had I've had a number of sponsees pass through my life. Some of them are still active as sponsees, and some of them have have moved on for whatever reason. Uh, maybe I wasn't being the sponsor that that they needed. Maybe they left town and found a a new sponsor uh, where they moved to. But for whatever reason, I haven't always liked all of them. You know, some of them were kind of crazy making, uh, but I did find as, as the suggested Al-Anon closing said, I found that I loved them in a very special way and that I was able to do my best to support them, to guide them in their journey of recovery in the Al-Anon program. Um, and what they gave back to me was, um, you know, a deepening and growth of my own recovery I have found, always found in sponsorship and in program friendship in general, I've always found that it's a two-way thing. And sometimes one person gets more from it than the other, and sometimes it goes the other way. But I've always found that both, both of us benefit. You know, I benefit as a sponsor, um, and hopefully the person that I'm sponsoring benefits from, from the experience as well. I've always felt honored that someone chose me as their guide toward recovery. It is a privilege and honor and a joy to be a sponsor. After a short break, I'll continue with my life in recovery about how I'm using these principles in all my affairs. I'd like to, uh, to share with you some music that I found that I think connects with this sponsorship topic. 
The first song that I'm that I want to talk about is by the Hollies. It's He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. The title for this song apparently came from the motto for Boys Town, which is a place where troubled or homeless boys could come for help. And it says in nineteen forty one, Father Flanagan, who was the founder, was looking at a magazine called The Messenger when he came across a drawing of a boy carrying a younger boy on his back with the caption, He ain't heavy, mister. He's my brother. And that that phrase became the the motto for Boys Town. And to me, the song really reflects the way in which being a sponsor is not heavy. That guiding, walking alongside, and maybe at times carrying somebody else in this recovery program as a sponsor is not is not a load. Um, it's a gift, and in some ways it it holds me up. It holds us up in our recovery, because as I said last week, the essence of this recovery is is two people sharing together their experience, strength, and hope, so that they both might recover a little bit more. this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. And it's been a quiet week for me, I think. Um, although last Sunday I met for the first time with a new sponsee. Uh, we're starting at, at the very beginning at step one, um, and I'm getting to know him a little bit. Should be uh, Should be an interesting journey. A little bit more on the theme of taking care of myself. Yeah, uh, somehow Friday morning woke up again with um a bit of a cold. Got up, got dressed, got ready to go to work and my nose said, "No, you're not going to work." And so, in contrast to last week when I thought I had to tough it out because I thought I had things that I needed to do that other people were waiting for, which, you know, was more or less true, but uh, that was not true Friday, so I said, "You know what? I'm staying home." I did do some work from home, but mostly I rested. I actually took a long nap and then went to bed early. And Saturday morning I woke up and I felt good, like no cold, which was just weird, like this one day cold experience. But I contrast that to the week before where I didn't take care of myself and it lasted several days. And, you know, different cold, different action, or maybe it's the same cold coming back. I don't know. But that felt like a message. Like, if you take care of it, then you'll get better quicker. And if you ignore it and try to tough through it, you won't. So maybe I'll listen a little bit better to my body next time when it says, you're sick. You should stay home and rest. Uh, Saturday morning meeting, step 11, prayer and meditation. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Some good sharing around the table, some on prayer, some on meditation. I don't think anybody talked about God's will. Interesting. Hmm. I tried to um, I tried to talk about sort of how I see prayer as maybe or maybe not involving an external higher power, but as a way in which, a time in which I focus my whole self on something, whether it's a problem that's happening in my life, something I'm grateful for, to try to share it with God, the universe, whatever 
my conception is that day. And I wasn't saying it very well, and I think I'm still not saying it very well. It's it's something that's difficult for me to to turn into words. I did a whole episode on prayer. Um, I don't know if I said it well there either. So I said my piece, and, and then I sat back to listen to what everybody else had to say. And as I listened, I realized that there was something I hadn't said. And, and so at the end, I said, can I, can I say a little bit more? People nodded. And I said, when I talk about focus, I need to distinguish that from obsession because obsession is a kind of focus, but it's not a prayer kind of focus. And, and when I think about the way in which I bring something, bring my attention to focus on something in prayer, it's to bring that into, into my consciousness, into my attention, and then to let go of it. So I have to bring the whole thing in, and then I can, if it's a problem, I can let go of it. If it's a gratitude, I can express it, and then I can move forward. And I can move forward in a way that may bring an answer, if indeed that prayer requires any kind of answer. So I felt like I made a little bit of a step forward in in understanding my own approach to my own way of, of doing understanding prayer. I also started reading a book I got from my sister for Christmas about praying. I'm finding it interesting. The, uh, the author has a very personal writing style and illustrates them with stories from her own experience, which, of course, I always enjoy. And I always find a much better connection with, with anecdotes, with stories. Some of the prayers which she brings forth don't at least directly involve a higher power. For example, the, the prayer f- before eating where she says something like, thank you for this food, for the hands that made it, for the fields that grew it. You know, there's no direct reference to any kind of God there. It's just an expression of thankfulness. And that, that's, a prayer, that's a kind of prayer that, that, that works for me. Might not work for you. But anyway, so yeah, that's my thoughts about how... I'm finding recovery in my life this week. I'd love to hear from you. And in fact, got to share from Lori, who talks about an experience that she had in her recovery this week. Hi, Spencer. It's Lori from Wisconsin. And I just had to send in a voice recording. I've written before, but this is the first time I've actually sent in my voice. I had a really incredible day, and I had to share it. I started my morning on my commute, listening to the We podcast. And I ended my commute listening to the We podcast and then ended up going to my Al-Anon meeting tonight. And the topic was grief. And it was such a safe place for me to cry and grieve that it just felt super connected to the podcast that you had shared on the power of um, being able to be in that safe place and share it with other people that understand. Uh, my journey has taken me into those rooms at my lowest, uh, when my life was the most unmanageable it's ever been, when I started to f- accept the reality of the devastation that my alcoholic qualifier had created. That group was there for me as I struggled through the last nine months to figure out if I was going to stay or go. And they are with me now as I 
pursue my divorce and grieve. One of the things that first came to mind when I heard you were going to talk about we was this concept of um, no crosstalk. And as someone who grew up in a codependent family who is constantly being surrounded by Monday morning quarterbackers who want to fix everybody else and provide you with advice. And as a person who is the fixer in the family and is attracted to friends in need, like a moth to flame, this concept of coming to the rooms and just listening and not trying to solve someone's problem or offer them suggestions or try to fix them was such a difficult concept for me. It's been over a year now, and to practice just listening and being compassionate and companionable and not jumping in to provide advice has been such a interesting, challenging, and satisfying skill. And one of the tools that I have come to be so thankful for because I think I'm a better friend, I'm a better daughter, I'm a better mother, I'm a better coworker because I'm learning to listen. And I couldn't do that if I didn't have the opportunity to practice that with my we group. So that's the first thing that came to mind when you said you were going to talk about this topic. And I had meant to share it earlier, and I'm sorry I didn't get it to you in time. And it's something that's just been so valuable to me as I navigate my decision to be in a room full of people who um, are just there for me and can just be sad with me and angry with me if I am feeling angry that day. And that's a really special thing. And I think it's so rare and it's such a treasure to me to have found this group of people to help me navigate the hardest thing that I've ever gone through in my life. And I just want to finish by reading one little passage. I think I've told you that I've been a huge fan of Melody Beattie's books. And in addition to my daily Courage to Change reader, one of my favorite daily readers is The Language of Letting Go. It's daily meditations on codependency. She has a passage here dated January 25th under step one. And it says, we, a significant part of recovery, a shared experience, a shared strength, stronger for the sharing, a shared hope for better lives and relationships. And then she always closes with a little prayer. And this um, day's prayer says, Today I will be grateful for the many people across the world who call themselves recovering codependents. Help me know that each time one of us takes a step forward, we pull the entire group forward. And I just thought that was a really beautiful way to kind of sum up what I think the podcast has been to me and in my life and all the things you do to teach to touch people all over the whole world. So thank you again for all that you do. And I hope that my share is helpful to someone. And I am so looking forward to the upcoming podcast on divorce and recovery. And I'm sure I will have some anecdotes to share as I navigate that challenge right now. But I was thrilled to hear that suggestion the other day and um, can't wait to hear the podcast. So Be well, and thank you again. Take care.
And uh, and thank you, Lori, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope and your day with us. And that is the power of we in the program. Upcoming topics include one of the the first gifts of Al-Anon, as listed in the book From Survival to Recovery. This one is, We will become mature, responsible individuals with a great capacity for joy, fulfillment, and wonder. Though we may never be perfect, continued spiritual progress will reveal to us our enormous potential. How do you see this gift appearing in your life? We welcome your thoughts. You can join the conversation. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your feedback or questions. And as Lori mentioned, uh, also have an upcoming topic on recovery and divorce. Going to be asking a, a couple of listeners to participate in that. And if you have a story of recovery and divorce that you'd like to share with us, with the Recovery Show audience, please call and leave a voicemail at 734-707-8795. You can use the voicemail button on the website. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it. Or you can send uh, just send email to feedback at com if you prefer not to use your voice to share with us. But however you do it, we would love to hear from you. And of course, uh, we're also looking for shares about sponsorship. Uh, please share your experience, strength, and hope on this topic of sponsorship, whether it's being sponsored or being a sponsor uh, that I will assemble into a sponsorship episode later in the year. As soon as I get you know, a few shares that I can put it together. That would be the thing, wouldn't it? And our website, which is therecoveryshow.com, has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, a blog, an occasional blog, and links to the music we talk about. There are links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like as well. Take a short break before diving into the E and Voice mailbag. And the second musical selection for this episode, which will be available on the website at therecoveryshow.com, is by Pearl Jam. It's titled Force of Nature. A little bit about this from the web. Apparently Eddie Vedder, who was the chief songwriter and frontman for Pearl Jam, said, It's about the strength of one person in a relationship when they can withstand some of the faults in another, maybe drug addiction or straying off the path. The person in the song is the lighthouse for the other person caught in the storm. And sometimes, sometimes in recovery, we find ourselves wandering off the path. And one of the roles that a sponsor can play is a lighthouse to help bring us back onto the, uh, onto the path of recovery. Let's look at the mailbag here. Got a note from Anne who says, Dear Spencer, I have especially got a lot out of the two podcasts on families. I like that you featured two quite different ones through your choice of co-hosts. As always, it is the honesty and clarity expressed that really promotes hope for us listeners. Your podcasts are invaluable, whether listened to in the car during the day or in the middle of the night when that hamster in the wheel is strapping on his Nikes. Each episode illuminates another dimension of codependency, which I must examine. The website is helpful too. Forever in gratitude, Anne H. Thank you, Anne. And again, I'd like to invite you, if you have something to share about your family, about 
what you learned growing up about how you have changed in recovery, about how you have learned maybe to relate differently to your family in recovery. Uh, we can do a whole series of family episodes, so just uh, email, let me know if you, you're interested in doing that. Got a call from Patty. Hey, Spencer. It's Patty in Colorado. I'm just listening to, um, I guess it's yesterday's podcast, and I'm not even finished with it yet, and I just wanted to call and tell you how much I'm enjoying it and how good it is. Um, what a great subject, um, we. It's, um, you know, something I haven't thought about a whole lot as regards the program, but the things you're saying are so true. It's, it appears to be completely central to the program. I say appears to be because I'm very new to this. And one thing that's just really striking me is this just beautiful paradox that the whole point of the program is that we have to pay attention to ourselves in a healthy way and to mind our own business. So, you know, there's a lot of me in a very good way involved in it. And then getting this paradox that it's really all about we and that the the magic, to, you know, for lack of a better word, is a lot found in, in that unity and um, that togetherness. So... I just wanted to call and thank you, and um, I'll probably be calling back soon because as I listen, I have so many thoughts, and the podcast is really important to me at this point. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you, Patty. That was a that was a fun episode to do. Um, the we episode. Glad you uh, you got something out of it. Got an email from Lauren who writes, "Hi, Spencer, and everyone." I listen to the podcast all the time. It's hard for me to get to Al-Anon meetings in my area on top of the AA meetings I need to. But your shows really, really help me with my family and self-esteem issues I need recovery on, too. Also, I'm originally from Michigan, so it's great to hear the gentle and loving content from my home state. It's like an extra higher power layer of relearning, thinking, parenting myself. Thank you and keep going. Also, I'm glad you say how much it costs to run the podcast so we know how to donate. All the best, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. We got also a voicemail from Emily. Hi, Spencer. Emily here from California. I've kind of taken a little hiatus from listening to your show. I've just been busy practicing other um, other forms of recovery. But I just finished listening to your We episode, and it was just excellent on so many levels. I just wanted to thank you so much for your service. Yeah, it's like the first tradition. It's like unity, you know, we. You brought up a point that somehow I never thought about before. And so thank you, because we are not alone. And there is a reason that things are phrased with we instead of I or me. And that's really powerful. So thank you so much for that. I also wanted to say that I am just trying to step up my recovery right now in every way possible. So I would love to post an episode with you. Yeah, we can chat about that, because whatever... Whatever it is that you might have an episode you might need help with, I would like to serve in that way. So I will reach out and contact you. Thank you so much for what you do. And also, what an amazing opportunity for you to speak on that panel um, that you mentioned in that episode. I hope you honor yourself for that because I know that I've heard you talk in the past about how that's kind of an uncomfortable topic for you, intimacy and sex and, and that sort of thing. So, wow. 
that's great. And then um, I'm proud of you, I guess I want to say, even though I don't personally know you. That's that's just awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Emily. And, and thanks for the, the kudos there. I am, uh, as, as I record this, I'm thinking about, well, what, what exactly I'm going to say to talk about intimacy and sexual relationships in addiction and recovery uh, on Friday, which is only five days away. I'm planning to maybe record it. I uh, was just talking with one of the organizers who was saying, you know, it'd be really cool if we could record it so that uh, maybe somehow people who weren't there could could hear the, the leads of the panel. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Got a um, couple of uh, iTunes reviews this month. I'll read one this week and, and one another week. Patty J wrote, This podcast is awesome. I really love and appreciate it. The hosts and guests are a joy to listen to, always with something genuine to say, and often with something profound. The tone is humble, kind, and serious, though often lighthearted and playful, too. The podcast overall is well-organized, but still feels spontaneous, and there's lots of listener interaction. Thank you, Patty. Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings do help us to make us easier to find by those in need who are seeking recovery. If you're concerned about anonymity, you can give us a rating without writing a review, and your identity will not be shown. So, thanks for that. Thanks for all the uh, all the reviews and ratings that people have given in the past. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Lucy and Lauren did. And thanks again, Lucy and Lauren, for your support of The Recovery Show. We've put together a list of recovery-related books Click on the books link at the top of the page or on the menu if you're on a phone or tablet. If you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we will receive a small commission. In fact, anything you order from Amazon after clicking on one of the links will help us. It costs you nothing extra and helps to keep us on the air. And I want to thank people who, I don't know, maybe bought Christmas presents or something. I got a check from Amazon this month, which every little bit helps. Thanks again. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, whether recommending the show to your friends, send them to therecoveryshow.com, or just listening to us. We're here for you. The last song that uh, I picked for today is Imagine by John Lennon. You know, it's a, a vision of a future in which everybody is full of understanding and love, which those of us who are in, in recovery are already blessed to find in our program and in particular in our sponsorship relationships. Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. <laughs>